0: You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick. I'm Ben. We're part of Your Future is Our Business, which is a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students ages 10 to 18 explore careers by connecting them to adults through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning
1: activities. You're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview and highlight the career journeys of inspirational people in Santa Cruz County. If you've ever thought, hmm, how did they get that job, or what is that job really like, then keep on listening. We would like to remind listeners that the views and
0: opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Please note that the information provided during this program does not reflect
1: this career in its entirety. And today we're joined by Renee Fleming. Thank you for being here today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: And so Renee is a law librarian and a Legal coordinator, I'm sorry, a self represented Ligidant coordinator. <laughs> it's and a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And can you tell us about what you do?
2: Sure. So, can I start first by kind of talking about county law libraries in general? Because I don't think yeah. it makes sense for me to talk about what I do if people don't know tell us all who, who I am. Sure. Yeah, Thank you. So, county law libraries are essentially free public libraries. There are supposed to be 58 throughout the state of California, but some smaller counties don't really have much because we're all based on a set amount of funding that we get through civil filing fees, which happen with superior courts. So we vary greatly, like LA County is huge. Santa Cruz, we're considered medium. I think of us as small. And then we have really small counties like Shasta or El Dorado County. So essentially we're a public library. Anyone can walk in our doors and ask for information about legal resources. So we have access to California laws, We focus on California because we're so small, but we do have online databases for federal resources. Most of the people that visit us every day, 85% of those people are just members of the general public. About 15% are attorneys or legal professionals that will come in and utilize our resources. So my typical day looks different every day because we're small, and so there's two of us on staff full-time. So any day, I usually start out my day by kind of going through my checklist of what I need to try to accomplish in that day. And then when our doors open, we kind of see what happens. So yeah. because we never know who's going to walk in our door, what the questions are going to be, what the volume's going to be like. Sure. And so I'm just not sure what my, if my day is going to end up the way I thought it was going to at the beginning. I might unjam the copier. I might fix computer problems. But mainly, we're there to help people navigate legal resources or navigate the court system.
1: Can you give us maybe an example of what one of those checklists might look like?
2: Sure. So at any given time, I've got a bunch of different projects going on because, as my long title indicates, I've got a couple different functions. Mm-hmm. So part of it is I'm in charge of the law library. Part of what I do also is administrative-type work for the courts. and so. A couple of my big projects that I have going on there are, I'm in charge of coordinating our local rules and our local forms. And those are ongoing projects. And so every year we have a couple different cycles. So we have two cycles per year for when new rules and new forms are approved, usually July and January. But those are ongoing deadlines. So my checklist usually starts with, what do I have to do on this project? So my local rules project, where am I on this? My local form project, where am I on this project? What emails do I need to return? What phone calls do I need to return? And then any other projects that we need to work on, update. Are laws changing? Do we have form packets or informational sheets that need to reflect those changes? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a running list of what I need to accomplish.
0: Do you help people through the process of the law?
2: So, well, it depends on how you define help. We can't give legal advice. So okay. if you were to come in and ask me a question, I can't say to you, based on what you're telling me, this <laughs> is what you should do. Because it's a
1: lawyer's job, right? Correct. Right.
2: Um, and so, but what I can tell you, if you come in, like one of the most common things we get people coming in for is they want to change their name. Sounds a little strange, but we get a lot of people that come in. I want to change my name. So what we can do is we can say, okay, so this is how the process works. So if I want to change my name from Renee to Samantha, then here's the set of forms I need to fill out. Here's what information goes in each of the boxes. This is what the form is asking. And then I can tell someone, okay, this is how many copies you need. These are your next steps and kind of help them through that process. So it really just depends on, I mean, and that's a simplified question that we get. We get pretty complex questions. And so the level of assistance we can provide varies. You know, We are a library, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, we still have print resources. Um, So part of what we do is trying to guide people into books they might be able to read that would walk them through the steps that they need to take or help them understand if that's the proper avenue for them to follow.
1: Let me ask you this. Do inmates or prisoners do they are they linked to law libraries to get information that way?
2: Not our specific law library mm-hmm. in the state of California. Anyone who's incarcerated in a state prison, mm-hmm. that state prison well, should have a law library, but that some have limited access, but the state prison system has a contract actually with Sacramento County Public Law Library. So any request that an inmate would make would get sent there, they would fulfill that request. So on the local level, the local jail has a contract with another information provider that will do the same thing. Currently we get a lot of letters from Arizona, so we will provide information to them within certain parameters.
1: Okay, interesting. And they, they usually want to do that because they're not getting that information in their law library where they're incarcerated.
2: Correct, okay. yes. They're either restricted by hours or sometimes the library may not have the materials that they need.
1: Well, and Nick asked you a good question about if you're involved more in helping or in information
2: mm-hmm. and
1: in your other job as a self-represented litigant coordinator, how much help can you give there?
2: So, yeah, a little bit more. In Santa Cruz County, we have a self-help center located at the courthouse in Watsonville. Mm-hmm. So the self-help center is there to help people with certain legal subjects. So most of the time, they're helping people with family law issues, so divorce, child custody. They help with name changes. They help with restraining orders. They have a whole list of I guess, subject areas they can help people with. Sometimes people need assistance that kind of fall outside of those subject areas, and maybe they've filed something with the court, but it's not the correct format, Mm -hmm. or they're missing something, or they're having a hard time understanding what the court's trying to tell them. Because often when you file paperwork, it goes to a clerk, and Mm -hmm. the clerk's going to process that paperwork. And... Sometimes people are missing things, and so the clerk will call and say, you need to do X, Y, or Z. And some people have challenges understanding exactly what the clerk is wanting them to do. So a lot of times those will get referred to me, and that will be under my self-represented litigant hat. So I can do more than I would do if someone just walked into the law library. So then I'll usually reach out to them by phone or email whatever their preferred method of communication is, and try to give them a little more guidance. But again, we're never going to overstep and give any type of legal advice. It's just we might lend a little more of a helping hand, contact them directly.
1: You're helping them supply the the missing pieces that they need to handle it on their own.
2: Correct. Because really, I mean, what our job is essentially, whether it's law library or with my self-represented litigant Mm -hmm. role on, is to help people navigate the court system. So we're all about access. Are they able to access the court system in a way that's meaningful to them? Because we want people to be able to participate in their court case that they may have going on.
1: And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Ben, and I'm joined by our other host, Nick. We're speaking with Renee Fleming and learning about their journey to becoming a law librarian and self-represented litigant coordinator. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or your future is our business. Information provided during this program does not necessarily reflect this career in its entirety.
0: Do you mind telling us a little bit about how you got involved with this? Sure. All your background with this?
2: So, um, my senior year of high school, I actually did some part time work at the Kern County Law Library in Bakersfield. They needed just someone to come in and update their book. So this is way back when, before online resources. And mm-hmm. the way that you updated law books then, and in a similar fashion now, is they would come in binders. And so when the law would change and it would affect a certain page, you would pull out the old page, put in a new page. And you wouldn't necessarily be replacing 20, 30 pages at a time, it might be one or two pages. And so my first job there was to kind of come in and do these updates. And at that time, what was really the major backlog was at the state level, when bills are going through the legislature and there are lots of different iterations of those bills as they work their way through the different parts. So those would actually come on kind of newsprint, and we'd have to interfile those. So that's how I started. And then I did that for my senior year of high school, went away, ended up coming back, and they needed someone part-time. And so I just kind of fell into it. I was always the person that liked to do the research papers. you know, I liked to do all of that. So it just kind of felt like a natural fit. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I had been there, and then I had transitioned into full-time know where time goes and then all of a sudden a program came up to do a master's in library and information science through San Jose State and so it was a cohort program so part of it was online part of it was in person we had to be in person for a couple weeks every year and so I went through that program because I figured you know I like it I don't think that I'm changing jobs anytime soon so I might as well stay on track track. and then the job opened up here in Santa Cruz so I know it might be hard to believe, but jobs in county law libraries are a little hard to get sometimes because there's only so many. Right. And people tend to stay when they get a job there.
1: You're saying two two people, right? Just and yeah, another or, person.
2: Yes. Wow. We're small. There's only two of us. Um, so when the job opened up here, I thought it was a great opportunity yeah. to move and kind of advance. And especially because this position was going to be a little bit different. Because traditionally, county law libraries are separate public entities in Santa Cruz County my board that runs the law library has an agreement with the Superior Court. So we're court employees. And so that's why I get the self-represented litigant coordinator hat. And so it makes my job even more interesting because I get to expand in non-traditional law library ways. As,
1: as someone that would be, that is the perfect fit for this kind of job, what would you say are the best skills and qualities to have?
2: So I think starting with qualities, because I think skills you can always obtain later on. But I think qualities, I think you've got to be inquisitive. Mm -hmm. I think you've got to be kind of curious. You have to like people because it's a lot of people interaction, customer service. You have to really want to help people. And you have to have some patience Mm -hmm. because the majority of people that walk through our doors, they don't want to walk through my door. They don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And often they've been bounced around multiple times before someone finally says, Oh, go down to the law library. And so they're frustrated, they're emotional. And sometimes that gets taken out on us behind the counter, whether they want to or not. We've all had those days where things just aren't going well. We'd rather be anywhere than where we have to be. And we may not be the nicest person. So I think you have to have a lot of patience and you really generally have to help because if you don't want to help people, you're not going to do okay with a person who comes in angry and frustrated. So skill sets, you know, you have to learn how to do research. You have to understand basics about court processes, understand basics about law, but all of that can be learned. I think, you know, I've seen people that don't, not specifically here in Santa Cruz, but people that don't do well in a position like this. And it's really because they don't enjoy the everyday interaction with people.
1: Is there something that you've learned from this job or while on the job that's maybe surprised you or... Something you've gained or taken with you.
2: So really, one of the things I love about my job is I tend to learn something new almost every day. It is true that I usually get asked a question that, you know, never don't know the answer. So we have to figure it out. And I think that's what, that's one of the things I love about the job. That's one thing that keeps me there. Yeah. So Can you tell
1: me something maybe crazy or something exciting or interesting that you've learned or... Yeah, it's hard to put you on the spot. It,
2: yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know how interesting it is to anyone else, but I learned the other day that, you know, you cannot remove an active bird's nest. So if it's got eggs in it, it's illegal to do that. You can't Ugh. move it or relocate it. I so know just that. weird things yeah. like that. I mean, just... I learned things that it's probably never going to come in handy ever again.
1: <laughs> hey, just in case you needed to move a bird's nest, That's right. <laughs> get, it's too noisy outside. <laughs> you want to, yeah.
2: don't do it. Don't move it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All these laws, I mean, are you very familiar with a lot of them at this point?
2: I wouldn't say a lot of them. California has a lot of laws and a lot of regulations. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is I do know how to find the information. And kind of that's the key, right? I can't keep all this stuff in my brain, but I can remember how to find it and kind of thinking through where I might find it, right? Mm-hmm. So what's what's the question kind of working through it logically and where might I find the, the answer?
1: Is the most stressful part of your job, I'm presuming, would it be something where you just can't find something plain and simple? Is that the most stressful kind of element? Or dealing with
2: people probably? Dealing, dealing with people. With people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it is frustrating if you can't find an answer to something, but I've been doing this long enough that sometimes there's no answer. Part of what I think people don't understand about the law is that in court you have two sides and both sides have to argue their position and they have to, the law's not always black and white, so you may have one argument. And I have to counter that argument and argue the law that I think is persuasive to get the judge to rule in my favor versus your favor. So some things are black and white, but not always. And so sometimes there's not a clear-cut answer. And I think I've been doing it long enough with, I'm okay with that if we can't find something. If we've exhausted all of our resources, I don't ever want to say to someone, nope, there's no answer, you know, but we want to look and we want to try to find something, but we may not find an answer.
1: And have you ever um, came to a point in your career where you considered a turning point, either positive or negatively, where maybe you wanted to quit or where you found greater inspiration to to continue as a career. Sure.
2: I think if if people are honest, I think everyone has that moment when they're like, oh, why did I choose this? Mm. And I think we all have those days, especially after a stressful day. Definitely. I think to myself sometimes, if I walk outside and it's beautiful, I'm like, why didn't I choose a career where I could be outside all day long? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm stuck indoors. But I think that, sure, I've had those points, but then I just remember the people that rely on me for help and... I like helping people. So it makes me feel good when someone comes in and I can help them at least navigate through the system. Right. I don't really care about the outcome. I mean, I think it's great if someone has a positive outcome, but really for me, it's about that access. Were they able to respond or were they able to participate? Whatever their goal is.
1: How do you deal with, say work or life balance? Like maintaining a healthy balance so that you're not too stressed out or too overwhelmed by these kinds of interactions?
2: Workout. Exercise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's hard because I think that, again, I think we all walk, well, I shouldn't say all, but I tend to walk away with, yeah, if it's a stressful day, it's hard to leave stuff behind at work. Yeah. So I think it's just realizing that you've got to do something to release that energy.
1: Working with people that, uh, where, you know, everyone's goal is to be helping people along every day, is there kind of more of a natural camaraderie there?
2: Absolutely. With your co Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think just in general, I mean, most librarians go into it because they want to help people. They want to find information and they want to share. But yes, absolutely, I mean, I'm on the phone all the time if I don't know the answer to a question, and I think someone else might know, and it's faster than me trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. I pick up the phone, and again, sometimes with the self-represented litigant hat, Sometimes there's different ways that people can do something and it may not be the traditional way, so we'll pick up the phone and we'll talk it out amongst several of us about what's the best way for someone to approach something, you know, mm-hmm. How, what should they file, How, what should they do about this, um, and we try to get creative and give people different options that they can choose from. So Mm -hmm. absolutely, because I think all of us, our goal is to help people navigate the court system, but at the same time, make sure that the court that we work for runs efficiently and smoothly.
1: And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Ben, and I'm joined by our other host, Nick. We're speaking with Renee Fleming and learning about their journey to becoming a law librarian and self-represented litigant coordinator. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Information provided during this program does not necessarily reflect this career in its entirety.
0: Do you ever find it kind of difficult to keep... Your personal feelings aside from like what they need to know, have you ever had to like you ever felt very passionately like, Oh, you should really do this, but I have to tell you, this so, is the way you're supposed to
1: do it.
2: Yes. So I think early on starting out, yes, absolutely. And I was definitely more invested in gosh, I really hope somebody comes back and tells me like what the outcome was. You know, did were they successful or not? But I think over the years Less so. I think I get less invested. And maybe because I've been doing it longer, I don't really know why. But I mean, yes, I always want the best possible outcome for everyone. But I I think probably part of what I've learned is that the person that's before me that walks in and tells me something and gives me information, that's only part of the story. And. I have seen this before, generally not at the same time, but we'll have both sides come in oh, man. different days, different things. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that sounds really familiar. Why does this, you know, like, sound like I've heard it before, but the story will be different. And so, you know, you realize that just because someone comes in and they're very passionate, because it's an emotional, because it's happening to them doesn't mean there's not a completely different side to it. And you have to take both of those into consideration, you know? And so we try to help everyone and not let that show, right. And try to help everyone and give everyone the same information that walks through the door that's asking about the same subject.
1: Did you receive a piece of advice when you were starting out or was there someone that was mentoring you that gave you some advice that helped you out that maybe you, that you stick by that, that in regards to this job?
2: So I think that in general, I can't remember a specific person, but I think mm-hmm. in general, you know, it's kind of just do what you love. And when it stops, when you stop enjoying it, then stop doing it. Yeah. And so I think that's just sort of what guides me.
1: That's great advice. Yeah. I mean, you can't really beat that, no. honestly. Is there an accomplishment relative to your career that you're particularly proud of?
2: Well, I think just... In general, county law libraries struggle with funding, and Mm -hmm. I think just being able to keep our doors open and keep providing a high level of service is what makes me happy every day.
1: Do you have any advice you could give to someone who's interested in pursuing this career, such as a a student?
2: Contact someone. See if you can job shadow. Mm -hmm. See if you can come visit for a day. Because if you're interested in doing what I do and working with the public every day, the reality is a lot different than I think what you assume it's going to be. So definitely job shadow, but, you know, with law librarianship, there's other options. There's academic libraries where their focus is really more helping students and helping professors. So totally different audience that you're working for. There's law firm librarians that work for attorneys. And again, totally different audience and job skills.
1: Different kind of arena of that job. Absolutely. Was there anything in particular... That inspired you to go for for law?
2: I've just always found it interesting. Always found it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely it's fascinating. I think a lot of people don't understand the amount of laws that we have and just if you don't understand the law there's a lot of things that I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. I think if you understood the law things would be less complex.
1: I, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. I wish I had a, I had a little law pocketbook or something. Yeah, you know, there for, you go. Just for the heck of it. <laughs> Every do ever, time? Do you ever look up old laws for fun? Just to like go back and see like what's still... Can, can I hear some weird laws? Yeah,
2: you know, I don't even know any off the top of my
1: head. <laughs> That's all right.
2: I know. I should have I honed up on those. Yeah,
1: but no worries. No worries. Has your job
0: changed at all over the years?
2: Yes. So definitely. I think the biggest change in county law libraries over the last, I don't know, it's really happened over the last 15 to 20 years is that it's been a shift in demographics of who we serve. So once upon a time ago, the only people using a county law library were attorneys or judges. That has shifted. And so in California, most of the counties, there's a few that This does not hold true for you're going to find that the majority of people that use us are members of the public coming in to either research their legal rights if they have a question or they've got an active case. Mm. So that's really changed what we do, the services we offer and um, the way we provide information.
1: Has it become heavily digitized like i i'm i'm imagining I'm imagine there's still plenty of paper records, but is everything just digitized also
2: so yes, I mean, there are a lot of digital online databases. Mm-hmm. Um, most people think that thanks to the internet we don't need books anymore, everything's online right. and online free, which not true at all um, but the I think the struggle is. If you don't know how to properly use a database, you're going to be lost. Mm. Um, and a print resource is so much easier simply based on the way it's indexed and the way you can find the information. So there's a lot of digital resources out there, but if you don't know how to utilize them properly, they're not going to do you any good.
1: I never, I never would have thought of that. I mean, I, I, I guess being like in the digital age, I would assume like digital, digitally you can probably type it up or something in a directory, you know, search for it, but...
2: Sure. So the the issue is, if you're looking... So let's say you want to find information and you've got keywords that you want to search. Mm -hmm. So you go online to one of the databases. First, you've got to decide if you're searching um, cases codes or if you're going to search what we call secondary resources, which are books that are written on different topics. So you've got to figure that out. And then you've got to take your keywords and you've got to plug them in, but you've got to hope you've got the right keywords Mm -hmm. because part of the struggle is you may not be using the proper keywords. And if you're not, then your search... won't come up. Correct. And so if you're using... A print resource, and you don't know what you're looking for, you can easily thumb through the index, mm-hmm. right? You can say, okay, I'm gonna start with this set of keywords, I think it's this. If it's something that the publisher has thought, oh, this is, you know, someone's going to ask for this, but they really want this, then it's going to be cross-referenced in the index. If not, you're going to kind of just go through the index, see what pops up. Yeah. Most of the times in a digital database, even if it's an online version of a print resource, there's no index. And so it makes it really difficult to navigate the information. They'll synthesize all that information for you.
0: Is there anything, a piece of advice that you would like to leave our listeners with?
2: I think that you don't have to choose a career early on. Try on different things that you think you like. What you think you like once you actually either job shadow, visit, may not be what you thought it was. And even if you start out in a career, you know, you don't have to stick with it. You can always change. Agreed.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Renee.
0: Thank
2: you for um, having me.
0: And thank you to all of our KSQD listeners for tuning into today's career story with your hosts Nick and Ben on our show, What To Be, with today's guest, Renee Fleming, who is a law librarian and self-represented litigant coordinator.
1: And if you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattobe If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM, KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m., on Sundays, or stream online at ksqd.org. Thank you for listening.